Welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. Our show is about how we can help women as they tackle obstacles and issues and concerns in their daily lives. I am a social psychologist, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman running an advertising agency, but my passion is advocating for women, moving women into leadership positions. So our theme is how to lead and succeed. On every show, we talk about issues that we're faced with in our contemporary lives, particularly in this time as we move through the pandemic for COVID-19. And today we have a wonderful career and business coach, Nance Rosen, on our show. And Nance is an amazing leader. She asks pivotal questions that reveal our own personal resistance and our aspirations for success. Uh, Nance has an amazing history. Her specialty is communications, teaching all of us how to speak to others and how to speak to yourself, which we all know is important, how we lead ourselves through these difficult things with our internal talk, our internal chatter sometimes, and how we find our way through that, particularly in stressful time. She is a top coach and has listed as America's top coach by CNBC. She helps many people, leaders across fields, and she has written a wonderful book. Her latest book is Speak Up and Succeed. It's all about how you can get everything you want in meetings and presentations and even conversations. Very important as we talk about how we exemplify ourselves and our feelings and how we express ourselves in the world. Nance has an interesting background, similar to my background in advertising and marketing. She was a marketing executive at the Coca-Cola Company and, of course, one of the strongest brands we have in the world. She was the first woman director of marketing in the global 2000 technology sector, and she's been president of the Medical Marketing Association. She's got a tremendous amount of experience and is a faculty member at UCLA. So it's the Dr. Renee Frazier Show talking about why women. And today we're going to talk about some of the issues we all face. Welcome to the show, Nance. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Renee. I'm excited to talk with you. I'm going to learn some things today. I need some tips and advice myself. So thanks for being here. You know, I, I want to make sure people know, too, that they can find out more about you at nancespeaks.com, N-A-N-C-E. S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. It's a good good place to go for tips and advice, but we're going to cover a lot today on this show. Let's talk about why people are unhappy at work these days. People are struggling to find real success, and we know there have been a lot of people who've been quitting as part of the great resignation. What do you attribute all of that to? Well, in a sense, that is well-named the great resignation. And by great, we normally mean massive. And in this case, it's worth a second look. The great resignation is a pause, a pause in someone's journey. You know, we define the economy by workplaces, but we really need to define the economy by the people in workplaces. So when we say great, it means that people have put together a gap, a gap between what they have been doing and what they want to be doing. And in that gap, they have the opportunity 
to identify what specifically mm-hmm. was driving you nuts, mm-hmm. what specifically was holding you back, and how much was the workplace, how much was the inner space. Right. That's part of why the great resignation is great for the person who works. Oh, interesting turn of the phrase, right? It's actually a good thing to pause and think about whether you're being fulfilled by your work. I think it's also important for people to feel that they're valued at work, right? And during this period of uh, isolation, lots of work from home and working under tremendous stress for many people, particularly who had to go to work and those people who were healthcare workers, uh, there was a realization that I'm not necessarily seen for who I am in all cases, and I'm not being respected and valued as much as I could be. And sometimes that's a hard search to fulfill. What do you recommend to people when they're struggling with that and experiencing that gap, as you said? Renee, what you are talking about is showing up as a human doing and not being seen as a human being. Mm. Now, What does, what are the doers? Machines are doers. We are all, if you will, addicted, accustomed to computers and equipment that if it fails, we reboot it. And if it uh, clicks off or the internet, we're just, right? So we are inundated with things that do. And you're talking about people who want to be seen as beings, which means they have to show up with their authentic traits and those authentic traits have to be embraced. Mm -hmm. We have to have recognition and reward as well as remuneration. Mm -hmm. All three R's. You know what I have found? uh, This morning we had our status meeting with the employees. I have uh, 28 employees. We all go online in the mornings on Monday to get our, our business started. And of course, I have to be the head cheerleader. I'm the CEO of the company. Uh, what I found is that I have to increase my vulnerability. I have to be willing to share my personal situation. And uh, the employees, in return, share it back. But I realize, too, what it means is if the boss is willing to say, she's feeling stressed, she's feeling anxious, I need your help, you're almost... you're you're raising up the employees to feel as if they're trusted, they're valued, and they're a real partner as opposed to your minions, right, or the people that work for you, which, of course, is a very poor poor idea to begin with. But I have to admit that when I grew up, I saw only these male bosses strutting around the office as if they were peacocks and in charge, and they never admitted a lack of knowledge. So admitting that has been hard for me, but I think it says a lot to your employees. You have to come out of it if you're in a very bad state and you're leading. It's a difficult one. But to admit you have those down times is probably a good idea, right? Well, the degree that you manage yourself equals the degree that you can lead others. So if you, in fact, know how you feel and you can express it in, the, in asking for compassion, 
right, then others can do that as well. Mm-hmm. So the idea, Renee, that with your credentials, of course, you're going to know how you feel <laughs> and you're going to be able to legitimately identify the reasons why and you're going to be able to ask for help. Obviously, your employees are lucky and they can learn that all from you. But you and I grew up in an era where no boss did that. Mm-hmm. And, and good for you. What a gift <laughs> you're giving to people coming up behind us. I think, I believe so. I mean, I think we're, you know, this notion of being vulnerable, being your authentic self uh, is something that all of us need to embrace. And you're right. It gives permission for the employees to say the same thing back. I also find that sharing bits of yourself, your own experiences really matter to people. And uh, today I talked about how one has to get, there's a famous quote by uh Ralph Waldo Emerson, that the shadows come when you block your own sunshine. And the idea would be that you can create sunshine in your world and acknowledge it. This last week, I uh, had the good fortune of helping one of my daughters with her children, a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And I talked about, I found out I'm really good at digging in dirt (laughs) with a three-year-old and finding how to create these, uh, the superheroes, uh, you know, live in caves and fight the bad guys, et cetera. Anyway, my creativity came out and like never before. And I found that that was fulfilling. That was a a strength I never even realized I had. And it allowed me to kind of forget all my troubles. So I think there's a couple of messages in there, right? Immersing yourself in the present really makes sense. And it could be with a three-year-old. It doesn't make any difference as long as it's, it really is that genuine you. Focus is the basis of achievement. And whether it's at play where you're focused in the dirt with the three-year-old, I can't think of anything more glorious. (laughs) So you are focused on play. You are focused on work. You are focused on making dinner. You know, you do not have to meditate to affirm yourself in the universe. You can simply concentrate. And when you do, when you funnel your attention, you maximize the value of the stimuli, whether there's joy or whether there's relief or whether, right? Yes. So think of those folks who struggle with attention deficit disorder, Mm. right? Think how stressful that is. So if we can help those folks and everybody to focus on the incremental micro moments that occur in their lives, then yes, they have something to share on Monday morning, but they also have a lot of joy that they're storing up that in a sense mitigates some of the real stressors at life. That really makes sense. I've talked before about the joy bank, that you hold those moments in a bank. And uh, the old gentleman who, who told me that story passed away recently. Has any, they're close to his heart. You think of, you know, the check it, your jacket and your, your pockets there. But you hold those moments close and you pull them out when you need them. And I think, Nance, you're absolutely right about this intense focus. It's really become a secret to my success. So you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women? And we're talking about the things, the stress we face, the anxiety. We're talking with Nance Rosen, an expert coach and communications guru. She's going to teach us some new thoughts about how to fight imposter syndrome. 
I've so many of us. I know I feel that way when I walk into a big room and I know that I'm going to have to speak to people. I immediately feel like, am I in the right place? Come on. Let's learn how do we deal with that imposter syndrome. Stay tuned to KABC, the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why women? We're going to be talking with Nance Rosen. She is an expert in communications and coaching. She teaches us really how to listen better and how to be stronger. Let's talk about the imposter syndrome. This is an interesting phenomena. I have talked with women who have been in the State Department, women who have been in amazing circles in Washington, D.C., and sat in major boardrooms across the United States, and they all admit that they suffer from the imposter syndrome. They feel like they don't deserve the opportunity or the place where they are. What's behind the imposter syndrome? Nance, tell us what's behind it and how do we deal with it? Quite literally, what's behind it is a mistake made by a graduate school advisor talking to his graduate student uh, in uh, in his office just prior to the graduate student making a presentation for the very first time in front of the professors and, and high-level peers in the department. And the fellow was discussing how uncomfortable he felt. And, uh, you know, the way professors do, you know, we just have that way. Uh, the professor coined a term. It was right about 1986, just a little bit after my daughter was born. So it's a it's a time of life that that lives large for me because it was a time, if you remember, you know, the excesses and the excitement right. and all the things that were happening the in the 80s. economy. And this, yes, and this, you know, this young graduate student said, I feel the jitters. And so now we have this thing, this meme that we pass around called imposter syndrome. In fact, if you look in the DSM, you know this. Uh, there is no such no, thing. That's right. right. You know there's no such thing as imposter syndrome. And so we are talking about a cultural term and we are applying it. And as is typical of women, I think women in general are more open sometimes to taking on bits of the culture. And so some women have taken on this meme of imposter syndrome. What is it? It is basically the gap between your real life and your ideal life. Mm -hmm. And so it is your words that cross that gap. You know, there's a term abracadabra, and in a foreign language, I believe it's Aramaic, uh, that word means with my words. I create with my words. Uh So the words you're about to speak when you're feeling low, I know because I've seen you speak. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, The words that you're about to speak are the words that bridge the gap. And if we call it imposter syndrome, then in fact, we're ingraining a refrain in our brain that I am concerned about. Mm, Good point. Right? So it is simply the feeling of being elevated. Mm-hmm. And that's how I train my my folks to get over it. Instead of saying, it's just reframing, right? Instead of saying, oh, I'm an imposter, it's oh, I'm being elevated. Yes. I'm being recognized. I'm being seen for me. 
It's accepting it and owning it. I love that idea. I'm being seen for who I am, and this is wonderful. And I am this person. Right. Yes. They're seeing the best of me. They are seeing the the best of of me. I like that. I like that. And I think we need a mantra like that, right? They are seeing the best of me, and I am at my best. And just owning it for what it is is a positive thing. It's it's so interesting to me that uh, when women will share it with other women, in part, to create an p- equal playing field, right? Like, you're, I'm like you, a reciprocity. And it's it would be so much better if you could do it the other way around. <laughs> they are seeing the best of you like they saw the best of me. And just owning that is a special time. Because that's the other thing. You take a deep breath and you think of all the good things that you've accomplished and you've done. What advice do you give to people before they speak or go and do a presentation to strengthen that internal capacity and that self-esteem? The same advice I give to folks about any situation, whether it is the work in front of them or uh, 34,000 people in front of them. That is the largest group I've ever spoken to. Oh, my. Yes, oh, my. (laughs) And uh, let me just say, I am the daughter of a milkman and a homemaker. So every time I am in front of a group, every time I am publishing a new book, anything that I do, I am very clear that it's an honor. It's an honor to be in front of the people who will have me. And that is part of the mindset that I want folks to take on. It is, first of all, grateful for the opportunity. Opportunity is the, is the antidote for the resignation and sadness that we feel. Mm -hmm. So to see opportunity and to say, I have a gift that I am being asked to bring to 12 people, 100 people, uh, a million people, whatever the audience is, I have a gift to bring. And I am so grateful that these folks want to hear from me. I promise you, no one has ever woken up in the morning before hearing someone else speak and gone, I hope they're terrible. <laughs> You're, right. You're right? right. I sure hope I'm bored and I hope they make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> they, they never say that, no, right? They don't. they don't. They say, gosh, I hope it's a good use of my time. I hope I get something out of it. Right. I hope they're fun. Right. right. So in terms of what you say before you get on stage, what you say to yourself before you start a difficult project, what you say in any situation, conversation, presentation, or meeting. For me, it is my personal brand triad. And I am arguably one of the three people in the world that have been pioneering this field. And now it's kind of disseminated, so it's more available. But a personal brand triad are your three most fundamental, most wonderful traits about you. And mine are, I am smart, I am inventive, and I am encouraging. Oh, I like that. And I can help anyone in 10 minutes or less identify their triad and then think about what a triad is it is the leanest most streamlined way right try right. three legs three legs to hold up right right and so that intonation that affirmation of why you are there which is why you are a being not why you are a doing 
why you are being. Let's talk about that. That's why you are living your purpose, your intention, your goals in your life, not just what you're accomplishing. And I've talked before about the golden triangle, right? It's what's at the middle. And that's in the middle is the sense of purpose or mission. I love your words, though. I think smart, no doubt about it, inventive, wonderful, and encouraging. Inventive. That's an interesting word. Creative. Some people would say innovative. Some people would say, but you've chosen the word inventive. Tell me about that. What's underneath the word inventive? Coming out of technology early in my career, I realized that I might never have as great a romance with anything other than innovation. Mm -hmm. I am a launch girl Mm -hmm. and I love new. I love new and improved. Oftentimes when I'm speaking around the world, I say, first of all, you got to forgive me. I am an American marketer. Yes. (laughs) And, And we don't do manufacturing so well and we don't do quality so perfectly, but man... Do we do innovation? innovation. And I am born and bred for that and, and trained for that. So inventive means that you and I could be sitting in a meeting and we could be addressing uh, a, an opportunity to improve a product. If your driver word, which is my word inventive, if your driver word, the way you solve problems, if you're resourceful, Renee, then you're going to say, okay, what else is on our product roadmap that we can repurpose? Well, think what a pain in the neck I am because I'm going to go, oh, let's look away from that. Right. right. Let's go out into the blue and find something new. You right. got it. You right. got it. And so I'm uh, let's do something new. And my creative director is resourceful. So when we're about to do something, we know we love it, but we're about to have a conflict in mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. And because we're both trained, obviously, in personal branding and decision-making styles, which is so much of my work, because we're trained, we both go, oh, right, this is the moment of conflict where we create a dialectic, and from that, we get something completely new and deeply valuable. So conflict can actually be a positive thing. Sure is. It's a part of uh, two different styles coming together and being able to take the best of both worlds, knowing you're going to get something great out of it. I hope the listeners are hearing that because I think so many of us avoid conflict and don't realize it can actually lead to the inspiration and the uh, uh, the lighting up of something totally new and different. I love it. You know, personal branding is really important. It's something I talk a lot about on the show. We're going to go into the next segment, and I'd love to talk more about that. But before I do, let's close with the idea of... Of being encouraging. That's an interesting word to own as your personal brand. Tell me why encouraging is so close to who you are and part of that triangle. Well, when I was growing up, uh, there was not a lot of it. Uh, I, I, like, I like to use my full vocabulary, and so I'm going to use the word surfeit. There was not a surfeit, meaning there was not an abundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you grow up in a household where you're living on $400 a month. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a, oh, my, get by. Yeah. And so the idea that I could be given these opportunities, and now that I can encourage others to take them, ah, my purpose. I love it. I love it. You know what I like too, Dan, you're willing, Nance, you're willing to 
kind of connect to your youth and your your growing up. I so much encourage people to do that. We take things from our childhood that we don't even realize. The more you are aware and cognizant, the stronger you become as a person. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women? And we're talking with Nance Rosen, who is an amazing coach and leadership communications trainer. We're going to talk next about your personal brand and give you some advice on how to find your brand and how to exemplify it in your life. Stay tuned to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show on KABC. Welcome back to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why women? We're talking today about the things we face as women, sometimes the internal battles that we face and the issues that we have to deal with. And sometimes it's the gap between the way you want to be, your ideal life, and the way you are. Our expert is Nance Rosen. And Nance is a former marketing executive who is a specialist in communications and teaches us not just about external communications, but internal. Nance, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Let's talk more about this personal branding, something I think is so important. I taught a class at uh, USC uh, oh, two weeks ago, and I'll never forget the students were there as entrepreneurs. But one of the things they said to me is, what do you think makes you different as a successful business person? And I said, because I'm clear on what my brand is and who I am. And it's something I've owned for a long time. Tell us about the personal brand triad that you have identified. So I created this triad, this personal brand triad, because the human brain cannot carry around front and center every wonderful thing about yourself. And so if you can hunker down on your three most essential traits Again, we're talking about beings, not doings. These traits show up no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. And if you're being authentic, which means you're giving yourself permission to be you, you be you, you be as much as you as possible. The closer you get to the authentic you, the happier and richer you will be. So if you know that, then having a personal brand triad makes it really easy to be you everywhere you go. The base of the triad, it's like a big triangle. The base of the triad is what I call your forever word. And it's the thing that when people recognize it in you, oh, you feel so good. You feel so received, right? Because it is the the quality that has been enduring and undeniable. Now, in my work, I give you 33 curated words. Uh Ah, Okay. So this is not freestyling. Well, that's good because that actually helps people. I think it's nice to have words to choose from because I want to make a, a, a point about what you're saying. The words are, it's about being, not doing. Because sometimes people will say, I do blank well, I do this well. And it's not about how they are as a human being. It's actions that they take. And you're talking about words that exemplify the thing you are inside, like you talked about, smart, encouraging, inventive. So you get 30 words and you have to choose from that three or do you charge, start with your forever word? You start with your forever word, which is about 30 words that I've curated and they're across a an interesting spectrum. Now, to tie this back to the idea that people are dissatisfied at work, 
another reason beyond confidence to have a personal brand triad is so that you see yourself the way you want other people to see you because how you feel about yourself is, forgive me, like a cold, it's contagious. Mm. So when you hunker down on your forever word, the word that has always described you, the base of your triad, then you feel like yourself. You are perhaps sensible. I, I love sensible people, perhaps creative, perhaps enthusiastic, perhaps wise, trustworthy, right? Mm-hmm. There is a full spectrum all the way down to those folks in the hot red zone of, of, of emotions, which is compassionate and caring, and they're all positive. So what has it been? You want to ask yourself, what has it been the characteristic that you have never been without? I love that idea, the characteristic you've never been without. You know, when I think about it for myself, I think of the word empathetic Mm. and caring. Mm. And in life, I have found that the things that are your strength are also often your weakness. So I'm empathetic. I always understand the other person's side. And I'll I'll just diverge for a moment. My husband, ex-husband, I should say, (laughs) used to complain all the time. Why are you taking that other person's side? And uh, I realized it was because I could feel for them. And it didn't mean I agreed, but by understanding their side, it made me stronger and smarter. And frankly, I think it's one of the reasons I'm good at advertising. I empathize and understand the target audience, their mindset, their feelings, and how to evoke those in creative executions. So being empathetic and caring of other people, I think is a good trait as part of my brand, but I know it also gets me in trouble sometimes. (laughs) Well, you are receiving other people, which of course is a very high level psychological concept, right? You know, when you are receiving, I, when I teach it, I, I tend to put two fingers above my head and put in like little antenna, Uh right? And, and the idea that people can feel you as, as I can and see you receiving me gives me a space, Renee, Mm. and a grace to have this level of conversation in front of this large an audience. So you, you have brought me a gift, and I know you bring your clients a gift, your your employees that gift. I try to, but I'm, I'm glad to hear it's got to be something like that that you you carry with you all the time. And so you, you ask people in this exercise to really delve deep into themselves. What is the second level of the dimensions of the tri- triangle? Where do, where do you go from there? I love this, this, uh, this dimension, the driver word, contrasting with the forever word. The forever word sounds like a wonderful resting place. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Driver word happens when you got to drive. So you have got to solve problems. Problems is a difficult word to say in, mm-hmm. in American business. We tend to call them challenges. I'm kind of old-fashioned. I have problems. By the way, I also have regrets. Mm -hmm. Uh, People say I have no regrets. I must have yours because if there is an abundance, you know, I have it. Okay. (laughs) So driver word is the way you solve problems. And how you solve problems, what is it that you do to get things done? When you work on a team project, what value do you add? When you confront an obstacle, what just springs right up? And again, for me, it's invent- invention, being inventive. But perhaps you are charming. 
my very best friend in the world, Michael Ross, I must say, Michael solves all of his problems by being charming. Charming. Yes. <laughs> and charming is it. the precursor to collaboration. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, he's, he's got it. He's, he's got, got it. it. He so, brings, he pulls you in with his charm, huh? That, that is it. And uh-huh. other folks are methodical. I work with people who are very systematic. I work with people who are spontaneous, people who are cooperative. The full range of how people solve problems can cause tremendous conflict. Right. And so it is your ability to receive others and see them, that empathy you were talking mm-hmm. about, that is the true underlying infrastructure behind successful group work. Uh-huh. Well, I'm lucky that I've got that then as I run a, a team of people or a few of them. I, I like that idea of a driver, how you solve problems. Uh, you've given us some words. What, what are the most common ones? And are there any of these that are, I don't want to say bad, but troublesome. Uh, I mean, what if you you drive by um, anger or by uh, confrontation uh, as opposed to collaboration? Right. And and these are 33 words each, a total of 99 words out of 555 traits that social psychologists have identified over the last 75 years. I save all those shadow traits, Uh shall we call them, for a separate uh, exercise and introspection and what I call the emotional spiral and self-management. So yes, you and I and all of our listeners have a shadow triad, Uh but it takes us a while to get down to that because I want you to fill up so much with how good you are because you are that I want you then to be able to gracefully look at some of those shadow traits and kind of tell them, go back into that ocean of negativity, Uh swim away from me, (laughs) because they're just not functional for any of us. So start with the positive, own the positive ones, know what they are. And the driver in your case is inventive. I'd have to think a lot about I think collaborative probably for me. I loved getting other people's points of view. And out of that emerged really the best ideas I find. And it's never one person. That's the hard part. Some people like to want like to be the queen or the king of the ideas. But in reality, it takes a group to do that. We're yes, going to have does. to get to that third uh, leg. Can you tell us the third part of the triangle, and then we'll cover it in our next segment? Sure. The third part is the probably the nicest one of all of the things you could be, and that's your helper word. It is why other people want you around. Oh, I like that. Your helper word. Why other people want you around. All right. Well, you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm learning as we're talking here. We have Nance Rosen on our show, who's a wonderful communications coach and a teacher on how to speak within yourself as well as to others. We're learning about this personal brand triad, and we're going to talk about the third element of the triad, your helper word, in our next segment. Stay tuned to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show on KABC.
to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. We're talking about your personal brand triad with Nance Rosen, business coach, communications coach, who really understands what it takes to be a strong, successful person. When One of the insights that she shares is the closer you get to the real you, the happier and richer you will be. And that's why she does the coaching work that she does, which is fantastic. We're talking about the personal brand triad. Nance, let's get back to this third word, which is you said your helper word. Tell me again what that really means. It is kind of onomatopoetic. It is it is helping people. It is what it is among the things that you bring, that you really are, that lifts other people in the way that you do. Why is it that other people love to have you around, like to have you around, feel good when you are around? Now, when I actually run a group through this exercise, there's a lot of pre-work. It's fun. There's a lot of pre-work that gets your mind primed for these words. Makes sense. So, Renee, the fact that you are able to jump right in <laughs> is astounding to me. So, so I, without any priming your mind and just sort of letting folks know what the word means, yes, it is why people like having you in their, in their lives. How is it that you affect other people? And here is the word that is most likely to be a two-edged sword. So if, for example, you are generous, Mm. you may be too generous and you manifest that by helping me with my work, thank you very much, but maybe not getting to your work, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And so I have a a partner in my my company and, and she is very generous. As I am encouraging, she is generous. And so somebody calls me on the phone and they say, Nance, I I thought that you could possibly help me with this. And I say, were you standing behind Alice in the Starbucks line? (laughs) Because I think Alice was generous with my time. (laughs) And it is my joy to encourage you. So see how we all work together. Yes, you're encouraging is your helper word. Yes. But on the other hand, you may be too loyal for those folks who stay too long. You may be too playful for those folks that are distracting. So all these wonderful helper words do have the other side of the of the coin, if you will. I think that's important for people to know. Sometimes you can be too much of something, right? And I was mentioning to you as we were talking that when I talk about personal branding in a business setting, I usually talk about what you're known for that relates to your business, right? And some people will talk about being a great salesperson. Uh, In my case, I'm known for research and psychological insights. And and I talk to people about, especially uh, young people, as they form their brand, own a few stories, own a few ways you bring that to the discussion. Whether you're at a cocktail party or you're in a meeting and you're presenting, be prepared to to uh, manifest, as you said, the way you present yourself to the world and let that be part of who you are. But I, what I know about that is that doesn't that isn't necessarily inside this personal brand triad. I know that it's something else that you can share with us, which I think is called your your heroic achievement introduction, which we'll talk about. Tell me about the difference here, just so we can be clear for our listeners. Sure. So your personal brand triad uh, came to me as a person with a lot of of years in corporate. 
and trying to figure out how to be seen, especially as often the very first woman or the youngest ever and all of those appellations, right? right? right. And so what I did was I started to see people for who they were. I started to appreciate them. That was contagious. I then started to see myself for who I was and showed up more authentically. The more authentic I was, as you have used the word vulnerable, Mm -hmm. you know, the more the more that folks mirrored that with me. Mm-hmm. So this personal brand triad is for me an asset in your uh, employment uh, portfolio. It's, a, it's an asset in your career management. Now, how do you get it across? You get it across by, for example, introducing yourself with what I call a heroic achievement story mm-hmm. instead of, hi, my name is, right? Save that part. Save that part. And instead, start out with a story that initially sets the scene and describes the conditions. It was the hottest day in Singapore, and there I was, standing in a well of hot water and salt. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Right? (laughs) And so you set the scene. You describe the conditions. Then you set up the conflict. You add suspense the, se- the third step is you resolve it within 24 hours. They had dropped the part down that our client needed and retrofitted the valve that was there. Hello, I am Jim Marie's, and I am a person who is infinitely productive. I am loyal to my clients, and I am ready to help. Oh, my goodness. I love it. That's his personal brand. Wow. Yeah, that is a great, great way to do it. It takes amazing confidence and a lot of preparation. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a fabulous story. I love the idea. It's what all of my clients are trained to do. Do you deliver that every time? No. Sometimes you just deliver a startling statistic. But all of my clients are trained that your personal brand is your very own positive weapon of choice as you fight the battles that you undoubtedly will in your career. And you can. You uh-huh. can. As you become more successful and you, as you said, you uh, fight the battles to get there, it's great to be very clear on the personal brand. I'm going to go back to the uh, personal triad because I think what I, I want to be clear to our listeners is that's really about happiness. That's about feeling good about who you are. And I want to remind all of us that the more authentic and genuine you are, the stronger you will be in the world and the more you will lead and succeed. I know that when I go into new business meetings or even just business meetings, by being my genuine self and seated in my compassion, my empathy, uh, my willingness to collaborate, it exudes this sense of passion. People will say to me afterwards, we, we gave that business because you, we, you that opportunity or that business because you were so passionate. You cared so much. We knew we were getting your all and we trusted you. It built a certain bond. And I think that's what happens when you're in touch with your personal brand triad. Yes, uh, it's TLC. If you trust, like, and care about other people, they will trust, like, and care about you. That is the rule of reciprocity. And Renee, you got it. Well, I love it. I love it. I, uh, I, I don't think I realized it, uh, Nancy. This has been like a training session for me, but I appreciate it very much. I, what I want to encourage our audience is to, to take it upon yourself to do the self-reflection and do the work and to visit your website, right? Yes, they are welcome to come to nancespeaks.com. And when you do, 
there's a pop-up and it will give you five days of free training on exactly what Renee and I have been doing today. It'll give you values, personal brand triad, your heroic achievement story. It only says three, but I always give people unexpected added value. <laughs> so we sneak in another two lessons for you. It's all free. So, so please, please, please come. Go, go to the website. That sounds fantastic and an immense value. And then tell me a little bit about the business side of this. You apply this knowledge to companies. You go into institutions and, and you do groups, not just individuals. Tell us about that so people can understand how it might apply to their own businesses. Yes. So I am in every level of business, whether it is big four accounting firms, uh, global 2000s, startups, uh, and, uh, and, and anything really in between. Most companies come to me when they have one of two problems. They need to develop new business. And I have lots of formulas. I'm a former statistician with the state of California Department of Mental Health. So I am a analyst who has learned to get over my introversion. So uh, I've got a lot of formulas. I help those companies with new business development and, and help their people at every level, engineers included. Uh, and, and, in, and in that, we do personal branding. We do public speaking. So there's a lot of dimensions of what it takes to do well, right, in business today. So business development, the other thing that I'm brought in for is public speaking. And most people are so afraid of public speaking. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Because you know what? All speaking is public speaking. <laughs> if you're standing in the toothpaste aisle at the pharmacy and you say to yourself, my goodness, how many toothpaste could there possibly be? You you're, know what? You're a public speaker. You can't put it on your resume, but you're public speaking. <laughs> Getting folks to realize that all day long we're public speaking. I am a four-dimensional introvert. Four-dimensional. Tell me about that. So, what does that mean? By social, by learning, by thinking and problem solving, I am most comfortable at home alone oh with my. 250 pounds of Labrador retriever. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a very comfortable place, Nance Rosen. That's incredible. What a value it is, though, at your website. So you have the free stories and then the expertise you bring. And you have a team of people that work with you? I do. I work with 35 people. So like you, I know what it's like to love to lead and I know what it's like to give opportunity to a lot of people who otherwise might be overlooked. I specialize in hiring the unconventional. Oh, I love that. I love that. I do the same thing. We identify people who have a real spirit about them and spunk but and grit, but may not be the typical person that you would hire. And they blossom, they bloom in that kind of environment. So I'm delighted to hear that, Nance. You've been listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, where we talk about why women, and in this case, we've covered the gamut. We've talked about the stress that people are feeling these days, dissatisfied at work, and how you can, in fact, find ways to uncover your own hidden gems, your own strength through the personal brand triad. And we've learned from Nance the different ways you can identify what she calls the driver, your forever word, and your helper word. You can go to nancespeaks.com to get more information and learn how to do this yourself. And Nance Rosen's company is available for your company to help. 
You've been listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. I run Frazier Communications, full-service advertising and marketing firm. Please check us out at our website, and you can listen to our past shows at FrazierCommunications.com. You've been listening to KABC. We'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Have a very productive and safe week ahead.